We're going to be uh, looking at the uh, the rapture today. Uh, the, the title of the study is a look at the rapture of the church. And we're going to be flipping around a bit, um, so I'll do my best to slow down and uh, let you guys write down some references and turn to various uh, uh, places in the Bible. Um, but as some of you guys know, when I get up here, I start to do, 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 do real quick, so uh, no guarantees. You guys can turn to First Thessalonians. That's the main scripture we're going to be in there. Uh, be in First uh, Thessalonians chapter four. Um, we've been so blessed to go through the book of Revelation with our pastor. He's been challenging us with uh, our walks with the Lord. Uh, you guys been blessed going through the book of Revelation. So we've been able to see the Lord's message to all the various churches. We're going to do kind of look a, a quick overview. Uh, the Church of Ephesus, um, the, which was kind of the, the loveless church, uh, they were laboring and working for the Lord, uh, but they had, had left their, their first love. Uh, the Church of Smyrna, uh, the persecuted church, uh, the Lord was encouraging them to stay faithful uh, till the end, and he tells them that they, he was going to give them a crown, right, a crown of life, and they were going to uh, go through tribulations and poverty. But what were they? They were rich. They were rich. Uh, the Church of Pergamos, the compromising church. This church was uh, letting uh, things into the church that were against God. And uh, uh, it was a doc doctrine of Balaam. And they were, they were sacrificing to idols uh, in sexual immorality. Um, and a warning for all of us uh, as we live a life for Christ, right? Don't compromise your walks with the Lord. Uh, the Church of Thyatira, the corrupt church. And they had allowed so, uh, the so-called prophetess Jezebel into the church. Uh, to, to seduce the servants um, there at the church. And again, sacrificing in, in sexual morality. Uh, the Church of Sardis, the dead church, the Church of Philadelphia, um, the faithful church promising them that, they will, that he will keep them from uh, the hour of trial um, that was going to come, come upon the whole world. And we'll talk a little bit about that today where he says, Behold, I am coming quickly. And uh, the church of Laodicea, the lukewarm church, we covered that last week. And they were neither cold nor hot. And they were uh, out there saying that we are, we're wealthy and we have no need of anything. And the Lord tells them that they were uh, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. And the Lord reminds them um, that everything that they need, that he has for them. All right, amen. Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me so we kind of have like a little break i guess in the book revelation and uh like pastor manny said in chapter four and five we get john's vision of, of heaven and so forth and in chapter six we get into the tribulation period and today as i mentioned we're going to uh talk uh, about the rapture of the church tough topic to, to i guess to teach on but that's okay we have the word of god that he just shows us right he shows us right there and I was getting, as I was getting ready for the study, I was asking the Lord, you know, how to, uh, I guess, present it to, to all of you all, all y'all, uh, only because you don't want to, there's so much content, right? And, and, and I'm not sure if you guys are like me, sometimes I get lost with too much content, um, but I wanted to give you all that the Bible said as well at the same time, so I was kind of like confused or a little uh, in between, uh, caught in the middle. So after a lot of prayer and, uh, and a lot of panic, uh, the Lord just, just said, you know, study, study and give to the people. So I'm not sure if you guys remember in school, um, I'm bring back some bad memories for you guys. You guys remember when you guys would uh, uh, have like a, a report to do, you would look at and start with like the, the who's, the what's, the when's, the how's, all that stuff. So that's how we're going to kind of tackle it. 
and um, today. So um, I'm not sure if we'll be able to cover them all, um, but we'll see how far we'll get. But let me pray first, all right? Lord, we come before you, Lord, just thanking you so much, Lord, for just bringing us all here. Again, asking, Lord, for your, your presence here today, Lord, as um, we dive into your word together. Again, Lord, um, knowing that um, you want us to know the truth, Lord. You want us to know everything that you have planned for us, Lord. And this is one of the things that you have planned for us, uh, the rapture, uh, taking us home, Lord. And we're so thankful for that, uh, that promises we'll cover today. Again, I asking that you just uh, uh, be with me, Lord. Help me to uh, just give your word, Lord. And um, I pray be with your people. Uh, may they be blessed, Lord. And may they uh, uh, come away refreshed knowing that, um, that you're coming for them, Lord. Um, that there's no fear. Uh, there's no worries. And, and that you uh, uh, will do as you say, Lord. Uh, there's a guarantee. And again, we love, love you, Lord. Uh, be with everyone at home, Lord. I pray you speak to them where they're at, Lord. May they, uh, um, may they be able to see um, your word uh, presented clearly, Lord. May the technical difficulties be okay, Lord. And, um, I mean, just go before us. We love you so much, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so like I said, we're going to be in the uh, uh, book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 4. That's kind of like the main one, like I said, we're going to be in. Uh, so if you guys can put like a little bookmark there, that'd be great. So the first question in, in, our, in our, I guess, look at the, at the rapture is, what is the rapture? Uh, what is the rapture? Uh, the rapture is the next event in the prophetic calendar. Um, that is the rapture of the church. This is the event when Jesus Christ comes down and descends to the clouds in order to give all believers their glorified bodies. And in the process, he will gather up his church uh, from planet Earth that they might be with him forever. So let's read uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. You guys all there? All right, 13, verse 13. It says, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Amen. So, uh, so verse 17 tells us that we'll be caught up. Uh, the Greek word for, for uh, uh, caught up is harpazo. It's translated rapturo in the Latin translation of the Bible and literally means to seize or to snatch away. Um, the, this Greek word is also used in uh, Acts chapter 8, verse 39 you guys can write down that reference acts chapter 8 verse 39 speaking of philip and it says now when they came up out of the water the spirit of the lord caught philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more and he went on his way rejoicing the same word is also used in second corinthians chapter 12 verses 2 through 4 uh, in reference to paul it says i know a man of christ who 14 years ago whether in the body I do not know or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows. Such a one was caught up into the third heaven, and I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body I do not know, God knows how he was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words, 
which is not lawful for man to utter. So, so don't struggle with the fact that the word rapture specifically isn't in the Bible. It's clearly taught in the Bible uh, to us as believers. And as we see, there are many t times other than here in 1 Thessalonians uh, 4 where it is used that, that people have been caught or, or taken away physically. And just like the, the doctrine of the Trinity, right? We know the doctrine of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That word isn't in the Bible, but it's clearly taught to us in the Bible. Uh, so don't, don't let that be a place of, of confusion for you. Um, and don't let that, don't let, uh, speaking for me, right? Don't let my, my human mind or, or my human eyes uh, be a place of doubt for you. Uh, I can speak from experience on this. You know, when I first heard this taught to me, and I was like, what in the world are you saying? You know, I, I think the first time I heard this was I was on the radio, right? Uh, the, the, the teaching of the rapture of the church. And, and I was uh, literally, you know, tripping out as far as understanding. And I, I know I wasn't completely where I should be at with the Lord, right? In my personal relationship with him. I'm not sure if I'd give my life to him yet. So, so it was really my fault, right? Uh, that I didn't have the belief that God was capable of doing this. It wasn't God's fault. It, it was my fault. And, and it came down to me to having, came down to me having that relationship with him, giving my life to him, and getting to know him in a, in a deep, deep, deep way. And just like if you meet someone on the street, right, uh, not to bring back past, right, but you know, you don't know what they're capable of when you meet them on the street. And, and I'm still kind of sort of like that today. Uh, not that, not as bad though. You know, I see someone here or someone over there, um, anywhere really, and I, I just start processing, right, how how they are, what they talk, how they say, what they do, just to kind of be ready. And I'm sure sure the guys kind of with families all kind of know where I'm coming from with that. And you guys might think I'm a little weird at the same time, but that's that's what I normally do. Uh, but just because you don't really know what people are capable of until you get to know them, right? until you get to know them. So that example you can apply to God in your relationship with him. If you don't know him or don't get to know him, you have absolutely no idea of what God is capable of. And just like it was my fault, you know, uh, fault might be on some of you as well, you have the opportunity to get to know him by reading about him in the Bible, amen? You have the opportunity. You will see everything that he has done and continues to do. And this rapture topic or even the salvation topic or even the end times topic will not be a struggle for you to believe because God is able, amen? God is able. All of us who know God, um, all of us who know him, right, we, we haven't arrived at, at a place of intelligence, right, because we know him more. But we've just taken the opportunity that God has given us to become closer to him. Enoch is, an, is also an Old Testament picture or typology of the rapture of the church. This is in Genesis chapter 5, verse 24. And it says, And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. So if you have a chance uh, to look at chapter 5 of Genesis on your own, you can see um, it starts with the family uh, of Adam, and it goes through so many people, Adam, Seth, Enosh, all those people, uh, Jared even. And after all, uh, it kind of gives like a little brief review of their lives. After all that, it says what happened to them. It says that they, they died. And then you get to Enoch, and it says he was not, for God took him. 
right? He never died. In Hebrews 11.5, it talks about Enoch. You can write that down as well. Hebrews 11.5, it says, By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was found because God had taken him. It was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So the definition of faith is a, a conviction of the truth of anything, a belief. Uh, in the New Testament, it's a conviction or belief respecting man's relationship to God uh, of divine things, generally uh, with the included idea of trust, right? There's trust there. So by faith, he was taken away, but he had this testimony, uh, this lifestyle, this character that I think we should all have is that he pleased God. He pleased God. Pastor Chuck said this about pleasing God. It said, a basic fact of our existence, it says, you were created for God's pleasure. A person who lives for their own pleasure is living out of sync with God. You guys ever have phones, right, you need to sync things up with, right, and just kind of goes like this, doesn't sync, right? It is interesting how that a person living for their own pleasure is constantly pursuing, uh, trying to find something new, something different, and some, some new sensation. But Enoch found his pleasure in what? In pleasing God. In pleasing God. Okay, so that was a, a quick uh, what in our study of the rapture. The rapture is the event when Jesus comes down and descends in the clouds, into the clouds in order that to give all believers their glorified bodies. And in the process, he will gather up his church, right, from planet Earth that they might be with him forever. I gave you guys some examples of the rapture in the, in the Bible, people being taken away, um, and also one not seeing death. Also, don't forget to not limit God uh, by your mind or by what you've seen. God can do anything he wants. As you get to know him, you will find that out. And I was looking up a verse that normally uh, comes to mind, right, when people question uh, the power of God. Um, it has that phrase, right, is, is the Lord's hand shortened. It's in, it's in Isaiah 59 and Numbers 11. But I came across this, uh, this cross re reference I want to uh, read to you. And I want you guys to turn to as well. It's in Jeremiah 32. Jeremiah 32. I cheated. I have a bookmark in Jeremiah, so I'll give you guys a moment. Jeremiah 32. And verse 17. And it says, Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. You show loving kindness to thousands and repay the iniquity of the fathers into the bosom of their children after them. The great, the mighty God, whose name is the Lord of hosts. You are great in counsel and mighty in work, for your eyes are upon are open sorry to all the ways of the sons of men to give them to give everyone according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings you have set signs and wonders in the land of egypt to this day and in israel and among other men and you have made yourself a name as it is to this day you have brought your people israel out of the land of egypt with signs and wonders with a strong hand and outstretched arm and with great terror you have given them this land of which you swore to their fathers to give them, a land flowing with milk and honey. And they came in and took possession of it. But they have not obeyed your voice or walked in your law. They have done nothing 
of all that you commanded them to do. Therefore, you have caused all this calamity to come upon them. So that, that, that ver- reference there just reminded me of so much of us, right, and how the Lord has done so much for us in our lives. And much of the world has turned uh, their back to him and are living a life that's not pleasing to him. So one day after the rapture takes place during the tribulation period, the Lord will cause, as you said, that his wrath or calamity to come upon the whole earth for people who have not walked with him. So just a quick reference, and, and then that kind of spoke to me in my quiet time with the Lord as well. So we covered the what. Next is the why. The why, why the rapture? Why the rapture? So I the, the kind of have a couple of sub-points under this. Um, the first reason for why the rapture is because it's a promise. It's a promise of the Lord. So the Lord says it's going to happen, and he always has kept his word. So how do we trust someone to keep their word? You know, more often than not, it's just by their character, right, or if they have ever uh, broken a promise to us. Um, If a person is constantly breaking promises with us, we'll probably um, take the word lightly, right, Um, and prepare possibly for either them to show up late or not show up at all, or uh, maybe what they said they were going to do, they probably would never do it. You guys have someone in your life like that? I hope you guys don't. Uh, because it's a, it's a total bummer, and when you can't depend on someone, you're like, man, why, why is he or she like that for? Um, but I, I would like to let you know that God isn't like that, that he isn't like that. I know some circumstances that we have gone through as people are all different, right? So many things people have gone through here and at home, and I would be ignorant to say that some question whether God has kept his promises to them. So my heart goes out to those people who have been challenged by that, and I, I would say I was challenged by that a little and we as humans uh, don't have all the answers to those questions as far as like why things happen and well we can kind of probably track right you know reasons or maybe why that possibly happened you know but the loss of life the sicknesses and so forth you know we don't know Um, but i have seen and i'm sure you guys have seen through all of those examples that god can meet people where they're at at their, at their lowest human situations and bring them out of that place. Who's seen that? Raise your hand. Who's seen that? But like, but like we talked about before, um, God, God never moves from his place, right? God never moves. God never isn't available for us to, to absorb what he has for us. It, it's like it's us. It takes us to determine whether we go to him or not. Some people have said, you know, I heard this recently, and, and it's a common phrase, right? God has never done anything for me. Uh, is that true? God has done so much for us. Uh, people that, that say that, you know, usually are, are going through something that's really, really major and, and maybe living a life, you know, away from the Lord um, or have another, another, place, another thing, right, that has taken the place of God in their life. Um, and that usually is probably themselves, right, more often than not. And many times in the Bible, the Lord says, you know, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Who keeps that promise close to them? God will never leave you. The, the promise of our Jesus Christ coming, right, all the prophecies that were fulfilled in the Bible, over 300 of his coming fulfilled. And, and the, the, when you look at the odds, right, those are crazy odds of all those things happening as God said they would. You know, born in Bethlehem, born as a, born from a virgin, betrayed, etc., 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 and 
And I use this example on the kids. I'm not sure if, if they, they sometimes get it right, but you guys will. So I'm not sure how they figured this out, but these guys who study statistics, right, and, and kind of went through all the, the, I think it was just 10, 10 prophecies of Jesus coming back, and they figured out the statistics of all those happening just as they did. They said if you were to, to uh, fill up the state of Texas, right, with uh, silver dollars two feet high, and you were to send a, a man blindfolded into the state of Texas and ask him to pick one of those silver dollars, that's the same as all those prophecies coming together. That's amazing, right? That, that's crazy to happen. So that, that, that further confirms that what God says is going to happen will happen no matter what the odds are, are against our human minds. So why is the rapture coming? Because God says it is, right? It's a promise. And back First Thessalonians, Thessalonians 4.15, it says right there, let's go back. First Thessalonians 4.15. And it says, has this phrase, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord. So I sometimes forget that, that God is God. I'm not sure if you guys uh, are there too, you know. Hopefully I'm not alone with that, those thoughts. But, but God isn't like us, right? He doesn't have uh, our, 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 our sinful nature that all of you guys have, <laughs> and me too, uh, nature of doing bad things, right? He is God. He can't. He can't be like that. He is holy. He is faithful. He's compassionate. He is merciful. Uh, Numbers 23, you can write this down. Numbers 23, verse 19. It says, God is not a man that he should lie, right? Nor the son of man that he should repent. He, has he said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? You know, I want to cover uh, just promises in general in the Bible. Uh, they, they, they've uh, kind of put them in two things, right, or two, two uh, categories. Some are promises in the Bible. Some are unconditional, unconditional that, that apply to everyone. And some are, are conditional promises, what they call them. Uh, an example of an unconditional promise is, is where God said that he would never flood the earth again. You guys remember that? Genesis, right? Um, that promise applies to the whole world, right, and has no conditions uh, that need to be fulfilled. Uh, the Bible contains many of those unconditional promises. Uh, then there are the, the conditional promises, right? The conditions have to be met for us for that promise to be kept. An example of that promise or a conditional promise is uh, a simple one. is in James 4, 7. It says, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you, right? Two conditions have to be met there. Uh, the submission to God, right? And resisting the devil. And God will fulfill his promise, right? In verse 8 of, uh, of James 4, it says to draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Conditional or unconditional? Conditional, right? You have to draw near to him, and he will draw near to you. The promise of the rapture, um, is for all those who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ. The rapture, I think, is, uh, not, not to confuse it more, right, or anything, is both, I think, conditional and unconditional, right? Um, but the participation in the rapture is conditional, right? You have to be his son or daughter, and that is through his son, Jesus Christ, um, because it's going to happen no matter what, right? It's coming. But to be able to be involved in it, 
You have to make a choice, right? One more point under why the rapture, under why the rapture is to give us hope, to give us hope. So what are you hopeful for? Are you hopeful that one day the government will fix all that we think is wrong with the world? Um, that man can somehow come together and create a world that is without all the things that are going on now? You know, I pray that isn't your hope. And, and this, should be, this should be our hope right here. The coming of Jesus Christ in the clouds and him taking us home. That's our hope. And then what starts the clock, right, to the judgment of the world by him, the, real, the hope of that, that rapture uh, will bring us together with loved ones, right, who have gone before us, right, who are followers of Jesus Christ, that all who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ will be reunited one day in the heavens and will be forever, say that with me, forever, forever with the Lord. That should be our hope. So let's read First uh, Thessalonians again. I'm going to read it again, verses 13 through 18. It says, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For you, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means proceed those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Let's turn to Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. Just a few pages to your right. Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. It says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and pur purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. It's a great verse, right? The blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we, we covered the, the what and the, and the why. So let's uh, cover the difficult how, right? How will the rapture happen? So I'm not really sure how to, how to explain it, so I'm just going to read it. Uh, verses 16 through 17, it says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet them in the clouds. With them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So the Lord Jesus is, is, is coming uh, to descend from heaven and with the shout of the trumpet of God, and he will call the dead in Christ first. Now, the, the dead in Christ doesn't mean that people are dead spiritually. When those who believe in Jesus have him as their Savior, when they die, where do they go? The presence of the Lord, right? To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. 
there was some belief out there that um, it's like a, a, a soul sleep when we die, you know, something like that. Uh, but that is not true according to Scripture, right? If you are a Christian, someone trusted in Jesus alone for the salvation, uh, Scripture promises that the moment you leave this life, you are with him, right? You are in heaven. 2 Corinthians 5 eight says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Right? Who's grateful for that? So grateful. So these believers who are dead in Christ is in reference to their bodies being dead. Right? Their physical bodies. And, and really, I, I'm not that smart to tell you uh, how it's going to look, right, or how it's going to take place. That the Lord will somehow uh, take these bodies that are in the ground and fashion them in a way to make them ready for heaven. Right? But I know that God can do that. I know. It might not work up here, but I know God can do that. I look at all uh, of you out there and how God created all of us, right? Uh, giving us our worldly bodies to live here on earth. Uh, the, the, the way that, that we were created and, and, and grow, how you all have grown in a womb, right, of your mother. And I remember, man, you know, the, the birth of all my kids, I remember, man, Lord, you give life. You give life. I, I look back at the book of Genesis and how the Lord started mankind at the beginning, uh, even uh, the world and its creation. Nine times in the book of Genesis, it says, then God said, right? And, and it was there. It was there. Uh, light, animals, heavens, waters, trees, the sun and the moon, and man in his image. How did he create the first man? Out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. You all here, whether you guys know it or not, you guys are all miracles, I believe. And I believe this moment here in the rapture of the church where the dead in Christ will be taken will be a miracle for people to see. Can, can you imagine how it'll look? I saw the... Uh, uh, the the graphic that uh, Pastor Henry put in the, the bulletin. Uh, that's a great graphic. I'm not sure if it's the same. It's how it's going to happen, but it's going to be wild. And people will see and they will know that there is a God on this earth. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians 15. First Corinthians 15, and we're going to read uh, verses 50 through 54. It says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead in Christ, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. So the main reason our, our, is our mortal bodies uh, are not fit for heaven. Our, our bodies are made for earth. So right here in 1 Corinthians 15, it says that we will be changed. 
We will be changed. We will have our, our new bodies, our heavenly bodies that are fit for heaven. Right? Some people hope to be taller and, and things like that, right? Um, Pastor Chuck said this. He always puts things in perspective, right? I mean, real simple. Um, but he says um, about this, having a new body. He says, I will, I will have a new body. I, don't know, no, I do not know it will look anything at all like this body that he has. And I really don't care. Uh, it's going to please God. And I know it'll please me. But he says, I can expect improvements. So. <laughs> so, so the dead in Christ will have their earthly bodies changed, right, from the ground first into the heavenly, bo- heavenly bound bodies, right? And the dead in Christ will rise first. First uh, Thessalonians 4, 17, it says, says, Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air. Those who are alive on the earth when the rapture happens will also be changed and will meet the Lord in the air also. 1 John uh, chapter 3, verse 2, you can write that down. It says, Beloved, now we are children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So as far as the, as the action of the actual rapture, you know uh, how, we, how we actually you know, get to the clouds with the Lord. Uh, the Bible doesn't really specifically say, correct? And I would hope um, we, would, we would fly. Who wants to fly? We all want to fly, right? Uh, you know, the whole Superman thing. But I don't, I don't, think, I don't, I don't think so. I kind of lean to, to more of Paul's experience, right, that we talked about earlier. Uh, that one moment he was here, and then one moment he was there, right? It just happened. Uh, in the twinkling of an eye, uh, some people compare it to one eleventh of a second. Quick. Um, that, that word caught, harpazo, uh, is almost a, a violent snatching away uh, interpretation. And you guys ever remember as kids, I remember as a kid where um, y- your parent would, would grab you by the, by the collar Right or the shirt collar when you're about to like run into something or something's about to happen to you, you know, like that sudden jerk real quick. And I was like, something. I was sometimes like, man, that would hurt more than what was actually going to happen. Uh, but I, I don't think we will have any time uh, to 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 actually um, enjoy the 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 route. Right. Uh, I don't think we have any time to enjoy the flight or anything. We will just uh, be changed for the Lord's presence. Right. Our, our question, uh, our next question is uh, when will the rapture happen? So we covered the what, we covered the why, we covered the how, and now it's the when. Uh, anyone know when the rapture will happen? It's a trick question. Many have tried to predict the coming of the Lord, and, and all have been wrong because uh, no one knows, only the Lord. Um, if you guys can turn with me to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 36. All right, verse 36. And it says, But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, were, 
so also will be the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them away, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken, and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken, and the other left. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house, his house to be broken into. Therefore you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. So this is, a, is Jesus speaking here in Matthew, the day of the coming of the Son of Man. No one knows, only God the Father. There are, there are many things that have happened that have brought uh, us closer to the rapture. Uh, of the church in our biblical you know calendar uh, we are currently in the church age um, after the uh, death and resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ Israel being declared as a nation in 1948 brought us closer to the rapture uh, right right now there there is is nothing else let me repeat that right now there is nothing else that has to happen for the rapture to take place the rapture is next you guys excited? The rapture is next, yet no one knows when. The rapture can happen today even, right now even. Um, we should be in expectation of the Lord coming back. Now there, now there is some uh, disagreement with the rapture happening um, either before, during, and after the tribulation period, we as a church uh, stand with others with the interpretation that we will not be here during the tribulation period. And again, let me emphasize, we will not be here for the tribulation period. Um, the pouring out of God's wrath upon the earth. First uh, Thessalonians 5, let's turn there. Verses 1 through 11. I'm going to read those. I'll give you guys a moment to, to turn there. It says, But concerning the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when we say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night or darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, put on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet of hope and salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we, we wake or sleep, we shall live together with him. Therefore, comfort one another, comfort each other, and edify one another, just as you also are doing. So one of the reasons we disagree with the rapture that, uh, taking place in the, uh, in the uh, middle or, or end of the tribulation period is it's all about timing. So... Once a tribulation starts, there, there is a clock that starts, right? It turns on, right? Specific times that are laid out in the, in the book of Daniel. 
Uh, the first half of the tribulation period, you know, the first three and a half years, Israel has peace. The Antichrist comes, right, and declares himself to be God, and then starts the last three and a half years. And once he, he has done that, you can pretty much know when the Lord's coming back. So it's almost a, a timing that you can know. You can kind of program it. But do we know when he's coming? We do not know when he's coming. No one knows the day or the hour of his, of his return. So that's why we lean heavily uh, on the rapture happening before the tribulation period because of the specific timing that others believe. And we don't know. I don't know. And I know you guys don't know. So uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, 1.10, it says, And to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. That's, that was in 1 Thessalonians 1.10. Nahum 1, 2, it says, God's wrath on his enemies. God is jealous, and the Lord avenges. The Lord avenges and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries, and he reserves wrath for his enemies. Luke chapter 21, it's the last reference here, verses 34 through 36. It says, But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life, and that day come upon you unexpectedly, for it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch therefore, and pray always that you be counted worthy to escape all the things that will come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. You know, I might have uh, uh, misspoke a little, a little bit uh, earlier um, when I said nothing has to take place before the rapture. Yes and no, right? What, what is God doing right now? Just waiting, right? He's just waiting. He is being patient. He is waiting for people to be saved. I believe uh, it's, it's in the book of Romans somewhere where, where it talks about the, the fullness of the Gentiles. Uh, we are all Gentiles here, unless you're, you're Jewish, right? We have all been led into the sheepfold because the Jews rejected the Messiah. Uh, when that last person has given his or, or her life to the Lord, and I believe without a doubt God knows that number of people, right? He will say, son, go get my people. I believe that. I believe that with all my heart that he is coming. And what kind of hope do we have in looking for the Antichrist if we believe that? Right? There, there is no hope there. We need to be looking for the Lord, expecting him to come at any moment. Any moment. And just something, something personal from, from me that the Lord showed me. If you're a, a believer, um, you know, I was telling the Lord, you know, um, Lord, just, just come already. Just come. I'm, I'm ready to go. Who, who has told the Lord that recently? Ready. Um, the Lord told me, uh, I'm not ready. Uh, it's not time to go yet. So it's like I had my, my, um, my bags packed uh, and ready and, and don't know when I'm going. And that's silly, right? That's silly. And, and the bag's packed, meaning that there is nothing left for me to do here and now. And we have so much to do right now in, in this church, in, in your lives. There's so much more to do. And who knows, that person who, who you've been sharing with, you know, could be that last one. We're probably waiting on you to share <laughs> with that person. But who knows, right? We just need to be focused on the things that the Lord wants us to, to focus on. And that more often than not is him and him alone, 
right? Do what he says. So we talked about the, uh, the what is the rapture. In our look at, at the rapture, we talked about the what is the rapture, the why, uh, how, and the when. And we'll, we'll close with the who. And I, and I didn't really take a whole lot of notes in this, right, because I just have a scripture to share with you. It's in, in John 14, 1 through 3. John 14, 1 through 3, it says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to pre prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So the who and, and the look at the rapture, uh, who are the who's? The Lord. Jesus, and who else? Us, right? All of us. God and his people re reunited forever. The relationship that God wants uh, with you will never fail you. Nothing else will ever complete you. And he is offering a way through his son Jesus Christ to be a part of this trip to heaven. And Do you want it if you already haven't accepted it? Do you want eternal life? Do you want to know where you will spend eternity? Do you want to know? This is brought to, remember, this brought to my memory <laughs> when, when uh, I was a kid, um, me and my sister, and um, we'd always be in the back seat and with my mom and my dad, and my dad would always take us somewhere on, on uh, Saturday nights, right, like to, uh, to eat or whatever. And we'd always ask, you know, where are we going? And you know, he'd always have this phrase, um, I'm not sure if it's a, I hope it's not a negative thing, right? But he said, con Ramos. And whenever, whenever he would say that, it would be like just, we don't know, right? It would be like, saying, like, we don't know where we're going, right? I mean, my sister would be like, man, that place is far. We don't know where we're going. Um, but when you, when you place your life in Jesus Christ, you know where your destination is, right? For heaven forever. We, we just need to be ready for his return and doing the things he wants us to be doing. Uh, never relaxed in our walks, never casual. Uh, you don't want to be at a place where you are, are distant from God uh, when he comes. I remember uh, a few weeks back, um, the men on Wednesday nights, uh, it's kind of like a casual thing, right, where we have a little discussion about the study that we're covering. And it got to the point, I forget which, I think it was Romans 6 or maybe 7, uh, where it was like salvation ride and it got to the point where losing your salvation and, and stuff like that, a hot topic, right, for guys. And I know for myself, I'm, I'm speaking for myself, uh, I, I know myself, and I know I can walk away from God if I chose to, in a, in a second, if I'm not careful. I know myself, and like you all know yourself too. Uh, and as they, they were talking, I was turning in my Bible and just trying to, 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 to look up a verse and, and, and as they were talking and at the side of my Bible, one of my pages, and I never, hardly ever write in my Bible. Who writes in their Bible? Is it strange? <laughs> but I never, I never write in my Bible. Uh, but I came across that right around the, the margin. It says, I am eternally secure as I abide in Jesus Christ. Be ready for his return. Amen. So uh, I was listening to one study, and it kind of gave this picture, right? It was a story of this little girl um, and how she had uh, uh, 
been taught this in, in, in Sunday school. And she was talking to her mom. Um, and she said, Mom, Mommy, do you think uh, Jesus can come back soon? And she said, yes. And then she asked her mom, Mom, do you think he can come back today? And she said, yes. And she's like, Mom, do you think he can come back any minute, minute or any moment? And she said, yes. And then she asked her mom, Mom, can you comb my hair? <laughs> I know my doesn't have the good visual right with my head, but, but she was ready. She wanted to be ready for the Lord. That, that was her heart. And that should be our heart too, right? John eleven twenty five says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall what? He shall live. He shall live. So I pray you guys have been encouraged today. Um, you know, there, there's nothing more that you need in your life. Again, let me say, there's nothing more than to, that you need in your life other than Jesus Christ. All right, that's all you need. And if you do not have that, right, you are living a, a life that is unfulfilled and, and not complete. Right, so I want to encourage you, tell that story, right? Tell what the Lord has done in your life. And if you want to give your life today to Jesus Christ, I pray that you do. Amen.